Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure earning women of color, tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as Deborah Hardnett, CEO of Deborah Hardnett International and founder of The Professional Black Woman, showcase the triumphant journeys of these powerful sisters. You will be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278. Today's broadcast is brought to you by www.wealthysisters.com, where the show can be heard 24 hours a day. And now your host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello and welcome to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the Professional Black Woman Association. Visit us on the web at www.thepbw.com. That's our new site. you got to check us out. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure earning women of color, and our purpose is twofold. First, to inspire and encourage the listener, that's you, right? And second, to edify, promote, and acknowledge or just say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is Monday, June 7. My good the year has half gone by, and I hope that you are as excited about your future as I am. You know, we are here every week at the same time, Mondays at 12 noon Eastern, so go and spread the word. Now, before we go any further, you know what we must say. We've been doing this since the beginning of the year, and it is our slogan. We're wearing it out. Let's say it together. We are here every week saying it. Come on. Here's to 2010, the best year ever. Say it again with me and say it like you mean it. Here's to 2010, the best year ever. That's right. No matter what, no matter if it feels like you have to wait all the way to December 31st to see that it is the absolute best year ever, we are claiming that. Now, before we go any further, you know that we just want to let you know today that it is our mission to continue to inspire you in everything that we do. And we just want to say a special thank you to all of our audiences uh, for tuning in to us on a weekly basis and also for going back and visiting our website, www.wealthysisters.com, to listen to our great episodes here. Now today, you know, we have a remarkable show. It's another great one for you. Our special guest today has over one million listeners on a weekly basis. She is truly internationally known and sets the standards for living the life of your dreams. That's right. Our very special guest today is none other than Miss Jennifer Kitt. She has a message that inspires the world. So right now, I want you to go. I want you to text. I want you to email. I want you to call everybody you know. If you're on Facebook, send it out. Tweet it out. Let them know that the motivator Jennifer Kent is here live on Wealthy Sisters today. We also want to remind you to mark us as your favorite. Yes, you can do that so that you can be reminded of this show and other shows to come as well. And some of also, as we said, you can always dial in at 347-838-9278 if you're not there at the computer, or you can always listen in again uh, to today's show and our other shows at www.wealthysisters, and that's spelled S-I-S-T-A-S.com. You can also know that we can be found on Twitter, 
Facebook, under Wealthy Sisters as well, under Twitter, and Deborah Hartness. You can find us. We are there. Now, you have got to listen to this. She is riveting. She's real and relevant. Powerhouse speaker, a motivator, and author. Jennifer Kent reaches, like I said earlier, over a million people on a weekly basis with one simple truth. You can be successful in life every day. Leaders, professionals, entrepreneurs, women and men globally have been touched with Jennifer's ability to inspire and encourage them to live confident, powerful lives. She has earned honors for her contributions as the founder and the host of the nationally syndicated Today's Black Woman radio show. A graduate of the University of Alabama at Birmingham in broadcast journalism, Jennifer's life mission to empower, educate, equip, and and encourage has become a way of life in her role as a wife and a mother of four. Wow. After turning her love for feature reporting into a radio show that would make a difference, Jennifer and her husband, Tony, both happen to be media veterans, launched TJ Communications, Inc., a media consulting and communications company. TJ produces and distributes radio programming, consults radio stations, and coaches professionals in the area of personal and professional success, speaking, presenting, and communicating. While media is her forte, Jennifer is closer to realizing a lifelong dream of making a lasting change in the lives of women and men through her nonprofit organization, TBW Corporation. She envisions building a one-of-a-kind life institute, a state-of-the-art retreat-like facility for women to come for practical, relevant courses, classes, workshops, conferences, retreats, and most importantly, the critical help and support they desire, aiding them in their awesome life transformation. Jennifer lives with her husband and their four children, as we mentioned earlier, in my hometown of Atlanta. So when we take this short break, we're going to come back, and we will have the privilege in tuning in and listening to none other than the powerhouse herself, Miss Jennifer Kitt. We'll be right back. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com. Or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. This segment is sponsored by WillDrake.com. That's www.WillDraike.com. The hot new suspense novel, Bad and Worse, A Tale of Men, published by Thermal Coast Publishing. Sometimes the only way to stop a killer is to love him. Available in stores November 2009. Well, we are live back here on the Wealthy Sisters. Very happy to be here. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host. And our special guest today is Miss Jennifer Kent. She is the media powerhouse, author, speaker. Definitely you want to go and tell everybody that she's on our show today. You can have them dial 347-838-9278 or visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. Well, we're not going to hold her from you any longer. Miss Jennifer, welcome to Wealthy Sisters. How are you today? Doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Deborah. This is an awesome, awesome opportunity. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to be here. So tell us now, how's your day going? Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> um, I don't know about You can tell us the truth. Monday morning, my <laughs> God, I, I've been sitting here literally for the last two hours um, negotiating through and, and arguing with my schedule uh, between now and August, and that is by no means to make my life any more important than all those beautiful sisters out there listening, but it's just amazing um, how much you can pack into a life. And, and honestly, I mean, between – scheduling work and and the things that we have coming up with TVW and the kids negotiating and three cars and five drivers it, it's it's amazing it's absolutely amazing so that's literally what i have been doing since till about uh, 30 minutes ago just trying to figure out what this summer is going to look like it's going to be exciting but it's going to be busy really busy <laughs> Well, that's that's how it is, you know. A person that's sitting around, it, it just it it just makes it plain to me that I really don't understand how uh, a lot of times people have time to get caught up on the latest and who cares about this celebrity and their lifestyle and all that because you just have so much on your own to deal with. So you are I'm like, I'm trying right. to figure out who has time to, to monitor that. Well, well, we shakers. Just, I mean, people who are doing it, they they understand. I mean, you gotta you gotta keep it going. You gotta keep it. You gotta really keep it moving and and that can't you know that's not always easy but it's definitely doable Oh, definitely. So, well, you know, here at Wealthy Sisters, we, we love the fact that uh, we can speak to real, live individuals as yourself who's uh, created a, a huge uh, corporation and doing great things. And we just like to get a little background information just to kind of learn because our audience, they really love to be able to relate. And uh, mm. they find these these uh, interviews so inspiring, just as I as well. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about where you grew up and where you're from and if you came from a large family or what have you oh uh, wow that that's a while ago i i am actually <laughs> i was born in um I, I like to tell people one of the richest cities um in america and grew up in low-income housing it's it's a dichotomy of low-income housing in the richest city in america um greenwich connecticut is where i was born um we lived in in um moderate housing my my mom and my dad and my brothers i am the oldest of three um got two younger brothers um one who's right under me and one who's a little bit younger than that um very modest life very very modest life and yet when i look back i know that it was all part of of my story and my weaving and my history um Parents' marriage, I mean, for, for lack of going into all the, the, the gory details, was, was very bad from the very beginning. And so um, a lot of childhood memories weren't that good, um, just a lot of moving around, a lot of shuffling around, and yet opportunity was afforded because, you know, of being able to, to live in Greenwich and being able to, to be um, a minority in, in, a, in, a, in a predominantly very wealthy, very white city, um, it afforded those who wanted the opportunity to be able to seize it. So um, making the grades was the only way that I could figure out how to, how to undo a lot of what was being done, um, if you will, in my life. So um, grew up there, and then we moved um, to a city called Norwalk, still in Connecticut, um, until about my 10th grade of high school. Uh, my parents finally then um, divorced, and uh, we moved to the south, to uh, Mobile, Alabama, which I actually graduated um, from high school in Mobile, so kind of did a duality in, in the high school years, first part in, in Connecticut, second part in Alabama. Um, and after graduating from high school, um, went to the University of Alabama at Birmingham, um, because I thought that my mom and, and brothers were going to be there for, for forever, but after my first semester of college, they um, they moved back. My parents tried to make it work one more time. Um, 
to no avail, but nonetheless, she tried that. And I stayed. I stayed in Birmingham, and that's when I kind of um, really began to come into my own, I guess as you do, you know, when, when you do college. And, and broadcasting, journalism, um, to be totally honest, it was no big secret. I, I talked to college kids all the time. And my big revelation was I got A's in journalism without trying. So that's why I'm a journalist <laughs> to this day because I was failing miserably at, I think I tried, what, four or five different majors. Of course, the classic psychology. Everybody does psychology. Um, and sciences and math and just stumbled into a journalism writing class one day. And little to no effort, God is my witness, got straight A's. And I was like, wow, maybe there's something here to it. So I took all the broadcasting courses that they had and, and, and actually found a life there. So it was, um, that's my huge revelation. I, that, I even encourage my kids now. You know, they, people want to tend to shy away from what they're absolutely brilliant at doing. Um, right. But I don't think that they should. Uh, honestly, I, I have found so much in this one little skill set of being able to write and being able to speak, you know, in, in plain sentences that it's it's amazing to me. So that really is it in a nutshell. Tony and I met actually my second semester of college um, and dated throughout college and got married two weeks after I graduated um, college. And, and the rest really is kind of history in terms of building that life and, and building that journey together. So kind of a rocky start, but as, as I think as God would have it for, for me anyway, it just kind of it leveled out as, as I got older and began to put the pieces together. Wow, that's that's beautiful. I can I can only imagine what the uh, a change it would have been uh, for you moving from Connecticut oh, to Mobile. Lord have a girl. My <laughs> first class, I still remember it to this day. I was traumatized. Uh-huh. I mean, the little new girl from you know north from the north and in, in, in the south. And I live in Atlanta, so I'm not hating on anybody in the south. And, and, and that's the, right. We're going to make that plain. Exactly. We're going to make it plain. You know I will now. Absolutely. But um, sitting in that English class and, and uh, all everyone pounced on me and they just wanted me to talk and I was like where are you from yeah exactly exactly you sound like the people on the news just say something so I was just like this little anomaly for so long it was it was really difficult because you know I had just met my first love and he was the basketball player and I had to leave my best friends it was very very traumatic um it was a hard transition um mobile is is nothing like um you know, Connecticut and, and being, well, I was at Southern Connecticut, so it really was a lot of the New York City influence. Um, it was really, really difficult. But um, I look back now, and, and I think it really was for the best. But it was, you know, and I'm sure women can relate to that. Life happens, and you just have to roll with it. You have to move with it. Right, right, because we, we're not saying Mobile isn't a nice place. It's a oh, wonderful place. Not. It's beautiful by you can be My close to the water there. My mom's still there to this day, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but just, you know, from a 10th grade perspective, I mean, anyone who yeah. has a 10th grader can definitely relate to that. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Or going vice versa from Mobile to Connecticut, Connecticut would be exactly, the same thing. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yes, so that's awesome. So tell us, were, were there any entrepreneurs or anything in your family that kind of have – you know, have that 
that bug in you to, to actually make you step out on your own from your Deborah, it was my dad. I mean, I look back now, and, and there's, a lot of, there's a lot of history, a lot of loaded history there. Um, uh-huh. Like I said, my parents had a very, very difficult um, marriage to climb, and that had severe impact. But when I, you know, once again, you get older, you get wiser, you get more mature, you, you sort through those harder issues. My dad, from the very beginning, was nothing but an entrepreneur, and I can remember watching him struggle through these corporate jobs and could never hold one any longer than a year or two, and God is my witness when I first started in journalism. Uh, the, the one caveat or the one reason that I could do um, journalism was because as a street reporter, um, as, a, as a general reporter, I was on the streets. So there really, it was freedom. I, I could, once, once assigned the story, it was mine uh-huh. to take and make happen. But I right. couldn't do the 9 to 5 because he couldn't do the 9 to 5. And uh, to this day, I remember uh, my dad was one of the first um, entrepreneurs in a, in a town upstate New York called Poughkeepsie, New York, in which he opened up a West Indian grocery store. My dad is from the islands. I, I am half Antiguan, and, and he opened up this West Indian small grocery store. We went to, um, to the city into the New York area in order to buy wholesale all of the, the famous product that he, um, and, and, and in, the, in the West Indian culture, the kinds of fruits and the kinds of vegetables and the kind of fresh bread and patties and all kinds of things that, that they eat. And he opened up this place in, in, um, in upstate New York, and that was the beginning. I couldn't have been, oh, eight, nine, ten. So all of my life, um, my dad and my mom made a way and we lived and survived off of businesses that, that they created. Um, after that, they opened up a, a fish and chips restaurant in Stamford, Connecticut, Eddie's Fish and Chips, very, very, um, in that little neck of the woods anyway. People would come from miles around to get their fish and chips. But that cash flowing, I mean, that's how I cut my teeth. And after my dad got out of that, that corporate cycle, my mother was a, a meter maid. She went around giving the parking tickets in, in Connecticut and Greenwich, and um, after they opened up businesses together that's all I remember and what's sad about it is because you know the marriage was so bad I couldn't and my brothers there there was so it was so loaded so heated so ugly that everyone walked away from everything because it was Mm -hmm. just that bad and to this day Deborah I regret it oh I regret that we gave up um, those businesses because you know you look now and you look at companies and corporations and families and tradition and history and heritage all of that is found in businesses and we just couldn't keep it together but for uh, through college uh through my youngest brother's college that's how we made it um through the entrepreneur so that's what runs in my veins and what's scary it runs yes. through my kids veins <laughs> oh my god these guys can't work for anybody they are so bad ah. so for all the corporate sisters out there hold it down but understand that that's just not me that's never been me Never. Yeah, it's in the DNA, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's like uh, I, I know one of uh, Dr. Ilan Bamani, who's out of Houston, we uh, did an interview with her, and she mm-hmm. talks about that point of us realizing our authentic self and being able to celebrate that and not to have the pressures of the outer world. And it's probably a lot of the challenges maybe that your father was ch- uh, facing was dealing with those internal you know, issues. 
of uh, of being an entrepreneur, but society says, especially at that time, you need to move up north, get a great job, um, or not, whether you're moving wherever, you get a good job, work for someone with a good company, get good benefits. What's wrong with you? You can't keep a job. Exactly, you know? exactly. But, you know, from my, to my dad's credit, um, uh-huh. He moved, um, uh, he was sponsored by a darling couple out of Texas because he was in the <laughs> islands, like I said, with nothing, dirt poor, worse than dirt poor. And this couple found him, and during that time, during the early late 50s and early 60s, he had to be sponsored to come over to the United States of America, and he did that on his own, um, to his credit, and, and, and with no help, with no one, just the clothes on his back and this, this couple that brought him in to do um, domestic work to do housework and just kind of worked his way from Texas to um, the, the, the New York, Connecticut area and, and built a life and then turned around and brought all of his nieces and nephews and brothers from the island. So, I mean, truly an immigrant story, I mean, it, you know, to, to, the, to the core and not being that life, you know, from the kid's perspective, we have to live, unfortunately, a lot through our parents. Um, a lot of that heritage I, I didn't embrace until very, very later on in life. But, but to his credit, um, in his blood was this sense of adventure. And I could always remember my dad always had a business idea. My God, if it was buying property here or <laughs> buying this there. And, you know, to, to unfortunately, you know, it did, a lot of them didn't work, but that's me. Right. That is me. Right. I also can, can tell you, I will come back and have over the years with every kind of an idea imaginable. Yes. So it's in the blood. Absolutely. It it's is. In the blood. Well, you know, I think it's. I think I realize that because I could totally relate to that. Um, you know, as well, my my father and my mother were entrepreneurs, and my father passed away when I was six, and my mother didn't want to move out um, of uh, the house we had just moved in, moving on up the Jefferson story, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't want to move out, and she wanted to keep us there in that 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 community, and I'm grateful today, you know, that she did. Looking back, it was a struggle to stay in that neighborhood, to stay in that house. We didn't have all of the, the, the like, we had a nice home, but, you know, we didn't have it fixed up, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, um, but I, I today I can really be very grateful for all of that but she started in home daycare um you know from the time i was six years old all the way to almost a senior in high school so but like you said you know you could see where you still wanted to get that good job and you still wanted because it was a struggle so that's that's i mean that's real life but thank god you are where you are and you're able to learn and build upon it and and can have an exit strategy for your business, we talk about that often. It's so important for us to have that, and that exit strategy could be training your children who are already in yeah. that mindset. You know what? What? What type of tips do you offer uh, business owners and women today who are thinking thinking like that as far as uh, being an entrepreneur and and building their business, and how should they prepare to exit their business or to leave to their children or what have you? You know, it's absolutely critical. I, for, I, I have a dual approach to that. I mean, first, mm-hmm. if, I, if I may, just not to be exclusionary, but, but to speak sure. with women who have other halves, because I, that, that's, that's huge for 
me um, in that if you are dealing with a significant other, he is a part of your plan. And and that, to me, is, is absolutely critical. I have, to me, doctors and, and lawyers and, and, and women who are in entrepreneurial ventures for themselves or even professional women who are working on a day-to-day basis who have an entrepreneurial mindset, I, I very strongly suggest to women, no matter what stage and what place you are in as far as business is concerned, that if you have a significant other, meaning he's going to be around more than 30 seconds, he needs to be a part of the plan. And I say that in all honesty, my husband and I had um, a powwow over lunch on this past weekend when we were going over you know, all of the planning. And, and, and our relationship, the reason that I have been able to be successful in an entrepreneurial venture, because I've been married my entire life, is because Tony and I up front decided and distributed those roles and responsibilities. He would hold the corporate side job. He would have, um, you know, for times of that were very lean in which there was no money coming in through the entrepreneurial ventures, we would still be able to eat, et cetera. So it was a partnership. And that's mm-hmm. what I recommend to women, that they at least have the tough conversations with the significant other up front because that is going to be critical to your exit strategy because that's all we were talking about this past weekend. Our kids are almost out of the house. We are almost empty nesters. We have to look now at the retirement numbers. They're three to five to ten years away, what that's going to look like in our future. And as we are still building, because I'm still doing business, I'm still out right. here, still building, right. still trying to make it happen. He understands that in his exiting, it will be an entrance probably into the work that we're going to be doing together for the next next half of our lives. So exit to me is inclusive of that significant other, that man. Now, if there is not someone, then most definitely she is going to have to factor in children, her responsibilities. Um, is it, what is she going to look like? What is it going to look like? You know, in the next five to ten years, does she have herself willed and insured and all of those kinds of things that, to me, begin to help build a life? The exit is just as important as the entrance because I know in my business, I have gone through several different variations, Deborah, and with every variation, there's an exit and an entrance into something new. I'm always planning that three to five year out, what is this thing going to look like? And then eventually, when I don't see anything anymore, what do the golden years, if so to speak, look like. So I'm always a futurist in my planning, but I am very relational in the planning and very, very, very um, strong in encouraging women to take into account all of those individuals that you have and then make sure that obviously you're doing the right thing in terms of trying to save for your future outside of your business ventures. God knows we've just gone through this recessionary period. I'm, you know, Part of my business income was public speaking, and when people weren't paying the freight anymore to bring you out to do the speaking, I had to reinvent. There was an exit strategy, Deborah. I had to really sit down and consider, you know what, this is is not going to be a major part of the breadwinning anymore. What do I need to do to reinvent? So you're exiting and reinventing at the exact same time. And to me, the strategy then is to always have an outward look that looks three to five, three to five years out. If you can envision having a um, uh, periscope, I think that's what it's called, in which you are kind of looking in the um, looking with one eye, looking to see what's far, far out there. That's what I would recommend that women do. 
Mm-hmm. And preparing for everything, all, all scenarios. For, absolutely, but key, 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 and I'm huge on this, is the relationships. I've seen too many. I had a long conversation with a lawyer friend of mine. Um, mm-hmm. She's going through transition. She has just completely flip-flopped her entire legal practice to go completely virtual. We were just having this conversation, and yet her husband was unemployed for the last 18 months. That put a severe strain on her entrepreneurship plan and when we were talking he got the job now so now she's having to pick up leave Atlanta and go where he's going that's what I'm saying you've got mm-hmm. to factor in that significant other and unfortunately um, especially with what statistics say a lot of us women may find ourselves you know without that significant other for a longer period of time than we are with him what does that mm-hmm. look like Tony and I have made sure that if he goes I'm ensured that we can have financial stability whether or not he's here. So to me, it's those kinds of conversations that really need to be factored in to the exit strategy and the the, the bump in the road strategy that we all have to have every step along the way. Oh, those are powerful words. We are here live on Wealthy Sisters, and our special guest today is media powerhouse, Ms. Jennifer Kitt. We're going to take a short break, come right back from our commercial, and uh, we're going to hear more from her. I've got a lot of great questions for her, and she's going to be sharing a lot of great tips. So stay tuned. Are you an entrepreneur who is always running out of time? Do you wish you had more hours in a day? My name is Rita Cartwright, and I'm a virtual assistant and owner of RJ's Word Processing Services. Start using your time wisely by outsourcing your administrative tasks to me, your virtual assistant. For more information, contact me today, toll-free at 866-651-3073, or visit my website at rjswordprocessing.com. Deborah Hartnett International, helping you design your future. We are business development consultants, your one-stop source for starting or enhancing your business. Our team of professionals are among the best in the country. Our services range from establishing your corporation to developing and executing your branding strategy to website design and promotion. We even help you with establishing your business credit. Visit us today at www.debrahardnet.com to view a full list of services or call toll-free 800-493-0339. Mention this ad and receive a 15% discount off our gold package. Would you like to reach quality professionals? Expose your product and services to thousands on a monthly basis? Advertise with the Wealthy Sisters Media Group. Our packages include both on-air and website banner placement. Call our offices today at 1-800-917-9435, extension 803, or visit our website at www.wealthysisters.com to begin building your brand today. Well, hello. We're back alive here on Wealthy Sisters. This is Deborah Hardnett, and our special guest today is Miss Jennifer Kent, the media powerhouse herself. She's the motivator, entrepreneur, and extraordinary uh, individual in journalism as well. We're very happy to have her on the line today. If you have any questions you'd like to ask our special guest, please dial three four seven eight three eight nine two. 
888-378-4278. Or you can also visit us there in the chat room. Post your questions there. We'll be happy to ask them as well. So, Ms. Jennifer, I know that you have a, a wonderful agenda and your mission is to help uh, educate women. Tell us a little bit more about this concept of the women's life car and how you use this to educate women on a holistic care and living basis. Well, you know, I think it it really kind of stems from the conversation that we just talked about in terms of how I view um, a woman's life. And I I share with professionals um, in my corporate training and then in in one-on-ones and and all the fun stuff that I do with women, if you can envision your car, um, any car that you have, but maybe even envision the one that's sitting in the garage or in the driveway right now, that car is an integrated unit. And I look at our lives as being analogous to cars. If you can envision a car, you can envision the four tires and the body of a car, inclusive of the steering wheel and the engine. If you can see those visuals in your mind, then you've got the life car concept. What I do then is share with women that the four tires represent these four areas, your spiritual growth and development, your emotional well-being, your physical body, your finances, and your key relationships. Those five, including of the, the steering wheel and the four wheels, those are the five key areas of your life. And then the two headlights represent your career and then your self-esteem and sexuality. It's kind of how we shine outward, if you will. If you can envision those seven components, that makes up in my, in my teaching and the way that I share with women a woman's life. If you have ever driven a car and you have either had a flat tire or one tire that's even a little off balance, the ride is not safe. It is not secure. It is bumpy. You cannot go anywhere if you have more than one flat tire or even one flat tire. If your spiritual development is flat, women don't go anywhere. If you have a key relationship that is jacked up or low or out of balance, that's going to impact your life's ride, as it were. If your emotions are haywire or out of control, I equate the emotions with the steering wheel. You're driving all over the place. Get get mm-hmm. angry and then try to go to work or be upset and then try to drive. It's almost impossible to do. That is exactly the analogy that I love to share with women as it relates to their lives because like our cars, we have got to maintain them. We've got to do preventive maintenance on cars, and we've got to do every 3,000-mile checkup, and that's what I encourage women to do. Look at your career and your occupation or look at your self-esteem, your headlights. Are either one of those out? Is the career not going where it's supposed to be going or entrepreneurial ventures like I've talked about the kind of challenges and changes that come up constantly, does that cause the light to not shine? Can you not see, as it were, where you're going in life? Or if your finances don't get me started there, if that tire is flat or or, or not functioning properly, your ride cannot go anywhere. I've always, I tell audiences all the time, I don't care if you're driving a Mercedes. You can sit right there in the driveway. <laughs> if it does not have tires or if those tires are flat, you can still be sitting looking good, but you still, you're not moving. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> and so women can see that and they understand. I just got mine back from the shop this past weekend, $1,800. I understand what it takes in order to maintain the cars that we drive. My question is, though, do we understand what it takes to maintain the lives that we're driving? 
That's a great question. I mean, there's no book out here to tell us how to do this. And I know I think back, of course, we always relate to our lives, and it just seems like real-life issues were always kept secret. You know, or you find out 20 years later or down the road, was that, that's that's not Vivian's child. That's, that's, you know that's not his daughter. You know, you find all this stuff just instead of just, just bring it to pass or or not um, showing or sharing real life emotions and experiences, how you actually overcome them or how, or just facing the fact that these things will happen, they're real. Exactly. You know? Exactly, how, exactly. How do you you know, do on, that? on the relationship front, if you yeah. once again go back to and, and keep the, the life call, I use that because it's objective. I mean, then then mm-hmm. then we can pull back and we don't have to get so bogged down in a marriage that's tanking. We, we you know to talk to a woman about a marriage that's going under. Whew, that that's counseling galore. But if I can get her to understand that it's just a tire, it's one piece of an integrative life, she can just step back for just a moment, pull herself up out of the the the, the really difficult situation that that is to begin to see it objectively. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things can we do in a natural car? Well, you can always go buy a new tire. You can change it. Uh-oh. You can fill it. You can go to the store and have the, the, um, the um, nail that's in it taken out and patched up. There's all kinds of things that you can do. And with each one of the things that I've just suggested, if you think about it in terms of your relationships or you think about it in terms of your finances or you think about it in terms of your health, there are a number of very proactive things that women can do we have more power than we can ever imagine so to your point when life or when you find out things or life the manual of life is not that difficult if you can think about your life in terms of this holistic approach that's why i don't do just counseling on relationships or just counseling on finances or just you know talking about one particular area because we as women are very complex and integrated my suggestion is that if you step back enough to look and look at your car, look at your life right now, look at the, um, the, the things that are working, the things that aren't working, and then begin to build a creative approach to fixing those problems. I, when my guys called me this weekend about my car and it had a laundry list, the first <laughs> thing I do is I tell them, look, just give it to me in order of priority. What uh-huh. must I do right now to get that thing working? On the road. On right. the road. On the road. So if you think about it, you know, if it is it the marriage or is it the kids or is it the finances or is it the business plan? Is it the conversation that you need to have? What is it right now? Is it the promotion that you need or the second stream of income, the business you need to start? Is it your self-esteem that you need to build confidence or begin to do affirmations? I don't know, but she she has a laundry list, a readout. These com- these um, cars nowadays are com- complete with their own computers to tell everyone what's wrong with them. Well, your life speaks that way too. Deb, our lives speak that way too. Our lives will scream to us something is wrong. If you've got a kid walking around, you know, like he just lost his best friend, that's speaking to you. That's telling you mm-hmm. something is going on in that relationship. Look at your P&L statement in your business. That's speaking to you. That's telling you whether or not there's a, there's a decision that needs to be made. Maybe we need to close down shop, reinvent. I don't know. But I suggest that women empower themselves by reading what signs their lives are saying and then fix them one by one. 
Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, the fact that we have to actually take notice of that. You you know, you mentioned this every three-mile checkup. There's so much, so much distraction, so many, so much noise that we can't we can't really hear often the the spirit or our intuition or 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 uh whatever we might want to call it, but it's there to direct us. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. On, on your these. dashboard, I and this is another section of of teachings that I do, but your cards, uh-huh. your life's dashboard will tell you. Um <laughs> I, I have women fill out a little a, a physical picture of a dashboard, a car's dashboard with um the parking and the reverse and the drive, the gears, the the speedometer mm-hmm. and and each part represents a different component. Like for example, are you full of love right now or are you empty? And then I have women color in to the degree that they feel that they have love in their lives. Your gas mm-hmm. tank, don't get me started with the energy and the busy, et cetera. Are you full right now or are you empty? And then what fuel do you use in order to keep your life going? I was in the chiropractor two weeks ago, and he said, what in the world are you doing? Who's filling you? Your body is screaming at you, Jennifer. I was like, oh, my God, is that why I have not been able to move and pain has started from the back of my neck all the way down to the, you know, to my, to the bottom of my tailbone? And I'm realizing now my body was, was giving me a readout, Deb. It was saying, hey, slow down, refigure. Something else has got to come in here. To me, if we're going to really only be focused on being entrepreneurs, meaning the dollars and cents of it, and we put aside the core of who who we are and our lives and what they look like, we're still missing something. We'll still be missing something. And I don't want women to miss anything. I want them to have it all. Absolutely listen to what your life, your body, your finances, your relationships, your self-esteem, your career, listen to all of what it's saying. Well, how, what, what are the tips? that you might um, suggest for women to, to be able to get to that point of listening and to get in tune with what our, these different aspects of our lives are saying to us. A big one, Deb, a huge one for me, and this is one I've had to learn because I'm very much an independent kind of woman, and that is accountability, having someone else journey with you. The interesting thing, once again, about my car analogy, mm-hmm. I can't fix my car on my own. I've got to take it to a mechanic, and that's where I believe as women, especially those of us like myself who are control freaks and we don't want nobody in our business and we don't want to share nothing with nobody and, you know, all that foolishness that what I'm doing now is foolishness. Exactly. We've got to have one maybe two if, we, if, we're, if we're lucky in life, but real folks that we can journey with, that we can download with, that can help us to see and to say, look, something is going on here. I think the huge, huge mistake that we make is trying to be perfect and trying to make sure that everybody else thinks that we've got it all together. Um, my husband and I just like a weekend or two ago had a couple of other couples over because we've been going through some things and, and just needed to get different perspectives. And that means that we had to share. We had to share what was going on. You know, you can look at the white picket fence and think that everything is okay inside the house, and that's just not true. I strongly encourage women, have another woman that you can journey with that may not necessarily be exactly where you are in life. I, I always use the, the, the three p- tiered analogy, I'm sure women have heard this, to have someone who's above where you are or who who is in the next step of where you want to be, have someone that you can journey with that's exactly where you are, and then always be bringing somebody else up along, uh, beside you. That that three-level um, 
um, accountability system, I don't know what to really really call it, works and has worked for me for so very long. I keep women in my lives that are way beyond where I am because if I'm the smartest one, we're in trouble. We really That's are right. in trouble. Right. Then exactly. I keep women. You're not growing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I keep a ton of women who are exactly where I am in, in life right now. Those couples represent that. We are almost identical. Our stories are almost identical in season and in socioeconomic um, uh, where we are and our giftings and talents, all of it. So I keep those people who are peers. And then I'm always, I always got my babies that are coming up behind me that I'm saying, come on, let's do this. To me, that's a huge tip of investment because you're investing behind you, of accountability because you've got those who are walking with you, and then of moving forward because you've got that person or persons that you can talk to who are still ahead of where you are. So to me, that is huge. That is absolutely huge. And I hear from women all the time, I don't have anybody. That's Mm -hmm. sad to me. That's very Mm -hmm. sad to me. We've got to begin to put ourselves out there no matter how uncomfortable it is you will make sure that you have someone if you begin to um, ask for that and then give give yourself the opportunity to be able to share with others, you know, your story and where you are in life. That is so true. And I, I think the biggest point to that is um, what you're saying is eliminating that fear mm-hmm. of being exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, when we are uh, so fearful like that, people have the power that we're worried about. What are they going to say or what are they going to think or who cares? You know, and, and that, that, that bondage, I, I'm just speaking from personal experience of living this life of perfection and not wanting to share. And not, I've been to that point where I didn't have anyone. Who could I turn to? Who could I, who could I speak with? Because I, I could not share, you know, or be exposed like that. But and, and I but know it's I'm uncomfortable, Deb. But once yeah. again, I am not saying that you know be motor mouths as we can be as right. women. Be, be selective. Be selective. Right. That's a very right. good word. Be be selective, but. When 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 God when the universe offers you an opportunity for friendship and I tell my kids this you don't get very many of those not real friendship not, not right. you know yeah you can get associates and you can get those who will come and go but when you get the opportunity for real friendship, Seize it. Take it. Begin to just put yourself out there just a little. Don't, you know, don't share the whole. And then, and then if they find them, if you find that they're trustworthy, a little bit more, then a little bit more, then a little bit more. But don't try to do this alone. Don't, don't, don't try to do this alone. It's too hard. Mhm, mhm. You are so right. Wow, I'm telling you, I'm loving this. I'm loving it. I guess we better take a quick break here. We have our special guest today, Miss Jennifer Kitt. She is the awesome media powerhouse. She's sharing how to live the life of your dreams. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Thank you for tuning in today to Wealthy Sisters. Are you seeking stronger partnerships to leverage your strengths? Need to develop more winning strategies of success? Ready to increase your knowledge in the areas of investing, marketing, health and wellness, and the Green Initiative? Then join us for the second annual Winter Summit Conference and Expo, March 18th, 19th, 2011. Meet hundreds of professional women from all over the world. We provide savvy advice, practical application for winning women. Reserve your space today at www.thewintersummit.com or call 1-800-917-9435, extension 805. Do you find yourself overwhelmed in paperwork? Are you struggling with administrative tasks preventing you from doing what you really love? Then consider hiring a virtual assistant. Call M. Alexander & Associates Incorporated, toll free at one 877 
1-800-894-0564 or join them on the web at www.iwillassistyou.net. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure earning women of color, tune in Mondays at 12 New Eastern Standard Time as Deborah Hardnett, CEO of Deborah Hardnett International and founder of The Professional Black Woman, showcase the triumphant journeys of these powerful sisters. You will be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278. Today's broadcast is brought to you by www.wealthysisters.com, where the show can be heard 24 hours a day. And now your host, Deborah Hardnett. That's right. We're here live on Wealthy Sisters. Our special guest, Miss Jennifer Kent. You can actually visit her website, www.jenniferkent.com. Again, that's www.jenniferkent.com. So, Miss Jennifer, we know that uh, we've been having some great conversation here today about women and how we can continue to educate and empower our lives on that holistic level. What are your next steps in empowering and education women in the not-so-distant future? Well, you know, a couple different components that we're, that we're trying to pull together and add um, for women. I am a huge um, learning junkie, for lack of a better way of saying it. I, I am a lifelong learner, and I do believe, I mean, to your point that you made, I think, a little bit earlier in the conversation in which you, you basically said, and it's true, there is no life manual. Um, unfortunately, we have so um, fragmented, and our society today is so fragmented that the whole village concept that our moms and our grandmoms and their moms were able to partake of, we as women today don't have that. I can't sit down and mm-hmm. over coffee discuss life anymore. Mm-hmm. And so to mm-hmm. me, um, it, it, it is part of my passion, my desire to see before I die a place where women can do that. Um, coffee table learning, if you will, um, so that we can pull together um, relevant life classes. Um, I, I use the word classes so that women understand that it is instructional base, um, that it is going to be feeding intellect and spirit and all of those kinds of things. But then I also want to pull in the fact that it is not um, a formalized university setting academia. It's not that as well. It is a place for women to come again in a village setting, if you will, to learn how to do us again. Too many of our daughters and too many of our sons and too many of us have not been raised. That's my personal premise. I mean, we have mm-hmm. not been raised. Life mm-hmm. has got gotten to the point where we've, when you know, when you started having babies, having babies, having babies. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no instruction, and we no need foundation. that. No foundation, right. and we need I heard some, that again. Mm-hmm. I, 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 several of uh, our callers or interviewers uh, have said that, uh, you know, it, that we discussed this rather big mama, the whole big mama yes. concept. What you're saying is, it's just, is this, it's not there. Deborah, when I was getting married, when I was in college, I went to weekends and spent them um, in Watley, Alabama with my grandmama, and that's exactly where I learned about life. She raised 13 kids. What? Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? I don't don't care how many books I have on my shelf that I had from the time I started having kids. Nothing. (laughs) 
Nothing taught me like my grandmama taught me. Nothing. When Clarissa died, my, 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 a part of myself did. And to mm-hmm. me, if we can create atmosphere again, an environment again, in which women can come, yes, for, um, for life instruction, everything from the very technical, because I'm not going to be um, antiquated, has to be very relevant to where we are today. Right. But by that same token, giving them the guts and the spirit and the soul again of who right. we were as women, that's what I want to do. That's what the right. Life Institute is about. That's what the vision is for, to create this environment. Because I do believe that there are women out there that can teach and can instruct others and have never had a degree. My grandmama, I don't even know if she finished high school, college, um, elementary school, junior high. I don't know. But her right. life spoke volumes. Her yeah. life was what we learned from and what we gleaned from as a family. And I want to give that to women again. I want to create that kind of environment an atmosphere again in which she can get that kind of instruction. So that's that's on the not so not so distant. I mean, in the next three to five years, we are doing everything that we can using all kinds of technological advances to begin to put some of those items into play right now. But the ultimate for me is brick and mortar, is to actually have a facility, an area. Um, that's all roads, um, as far as my work is, is concerned with women, all roads are leading toward that concept and toward that ideology. I believe that that's my gift that I need to be able to leave um, before I leave this earth and before I die. So that's one of the, the bigger things. And then continuously, as we do, we are we are putting together um, all kinds of special environments and programming and events and conferences and workshops and breakfasts and all kinds of things to begin to, to continue, if you will, in our mission of making sure that women connect together with one another. Wow, that's wonderful. I, I guess I'll put a word in for the brothers. and then oh, You're going to make sure you're going to have cooking classes in there. Okay. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Well, you know, I mean, men are, um, I, I found over the years, men are um, my biggest advocates. I mean, I've got male board members. I mean, it's not yes. It's not like, you know, we're leaving the brothers out of it. I, I need and covet that kind of um, understanding that only the brothers can give. And most definitely, um, I don't believe that we can talk fairly about the dynamic of male to female and and how we relate to one another without having men in that discussion. So most definitely, as as I partner with um, some very um, dynamic brothers um, along the way, that we will have their voices as well as part of this. Um, But I just, you know, obviously my heart is, is for the women. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. I, I meant, I meant in the way that we we hear today that women they don't know how to cook anymore. Not oh, just saying yeah. that women are the only ones that are supposed to cook. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I always get that you you know how to cook cornbread? Like, yeah, I make cornbread from scratch. It's like, what? Where are you? Every time I mention that, they always want want a meal. It is an anomaly. I mean, Deb, I mean, I, I wish I could be there with you, but I can't. I'm one of those sisters who need help. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we got to show you how to burn and go on a button. You got to add that in there too, because <laughs> that's what grandmama and them taught us. You know, you're right. You are absolutely right. Oh my gosh, but that 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 really is you know my heart and and wanting that for women again and and for women and, and because a lot of women we can't train our daughters and our sons because right. we don't know and you know right. and that's embarrassing to say it is right. I, and I don't know this or I. But it wasn't embarrassing back in the day because community right. was there and we had one another and we had one another's back. And it's so missing and it's so needed, I believe, anyway. Right. You're right. Wow, that is beautiful. Now, tell us about the events that you have coming. What is this 14 weeks of summer prayer? Oh, yeah. Um 
a couple years ago, it's about two years ago now, I, I really felt um, very impressed to begin a national prayer call. So every Friday morning, um, mm-hmm. we have women calling in from all over the country for 15 minutes, and we pray. Well, that's been going like gangbusters, and women send us all the time um, their prayer requests, very private prayers between them and the Lord. I am, I feel so humbled. The things that women share, and moment by moment, we have you know emergency prayer requests when people are going into surgery and when things jobs are lost and and homes need to be um, you know about to be foreclosed on and relationships that are tanking. I mean, all kinds of you know in the in the grit um, kinds of prayers we have, and I've had women who have come alongside me um, as a as a prayer team. Um, so TBW has a prayer team, a team of seven of us who on a mm-hmm. weekly basis are praying not only um, on, on a global level over these seven core areas that I mentioned to you guys um, in the life car concept, but on the individual level for the prayer requests that are sent in. Well, we were talking and, and getting together, and as we always do, I suggested to them and, and really felt once again impressed by the Lord that we set aside the summer of 2010 um, to really, really, really focus even deeper, if you will, on prayer. And prayer um, from this definition, from my definition, is, is simply reinstituting conversation with God. It is my premise, once again, that enough not enough of us are talking with God. And dialogue is a two-way street. It is not a laundry list that we are giving him. I do believe we are still doing that. God do this. Mm -hmm. God do that. Mm -hmm. Please bless Mm -hmm. this. Please bless Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I just would love, though, and I think he would too, conversation in which we are actually sharing the deeper issues of our heart. We are allowing him to come in and actually change and mold character. The big article that we had released in the, our first um, special newsletter that we are producing just for this summer, um, if it continues on, we'll see what the will of the Lord is, but it's a prayer newsletter. We've never had one before, but the major article in it is on listening prayer. It is my contention that not enough of us are listening because if we were, I don't believe that we would find ourselves in life's dilemmas to the degree that we find ourselves in. I don't believe our finances would be quite as complicated if we were listening for what God's instruction is as it relates to how we do our finances. I don't believe that we would find ourselves lost in business or unaware of changes that are about to happen if we were in conversation and listening to what God has to say to us. So this summer is going to be all about him, all about what God wants to say to his people, his daughters. I have, and I'm in seminary now, so all I do is study <laughs> about theology and about this, the study of God, and it is my primary premise that God wants to talk to us. He wants to have conversation with us. And I believe that prayer has been from a focus vantage point of how we do it, how we talk to him, but not enough about how the conversation needs to happen. So 14 weeks of summer, powerful summer prayer is going to be inclusive of our first ever prayer B&B, a boot camp and breakfast, which we are going to really dive in deeper, discussing about um, strategies for prayer and coming 
together for prayer times as women, and then obviously get a little breakfast on the side too. We will have the newsletter that is going to be produced, giving all kinds of resources, resurrecting dreams, doing self-examination, beefing up, as it were, our resources as it relates to conversating with God, but most importantly, making him the focus for this entire summer. I am suspecting that at the end of the 14 weeks, which is the first weekend in September, that women will see an absolute phenomenal different life if they track with these 14 weeks of just thinking and concentrating about God. You know, Deb, during the summer is a time that we do all of our vacationing and we kind of, you know, unwind and shut down. I would love for women to just not forget God. Don't shut down from him. Now, real quickly, we have a minute left. Give us that line that they can dial right quick. Do you have the number Uh, handy? Yes, 712. It's 712-432-0075, and that's Friday morning at 6 a.m., and the pin is 906-019. All right, and give us your uh, website again. Yes, they can get all the information there. It's jenniferkitt, K-E-I-T-T dot com. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And I just posted that in the chat room as well. Well, I tell you, we know that you also have the uh, the CBW Power Breakfast 2011 coming up. I'm every woman. We we were... that's how we actually met when we were both yes. planning the events this year. Yes. So yes, being a great right. support system, I must publicly thank you again for hey, being there be for you. me. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you for this you. opportunity, Deb. This has been absolutely oh, fabulous. Yes, it's been an awesome show. I definitely appreciate you. And just we wish you the absolute best in everything that you're doing, continued success. And thank you again for tuning in. Tune in next week where our special guest will be green expert, Ms. Robin Wilson of Robin Wilson Home. She's out of New York. She has been a green expert for years. She's actually just uh, an interior designer. She just finished remodeling the whole Kennedy home there. They had a mold issue and the whole house is now green uh, thanks to her. So thank you for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters. We look forward to seeing you next week. Continue to have an awesome day. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters brought to you by theprofessionalblackwoman.com, where success is inevitable. Join Deborah Hardhead, our host, next week as she interviews another powerful, positive, progressive, wealthy sister and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. See you next time.